Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, welcome. Let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? You had a question for me. Okay, Ellie. Close your eyes. Okay. So I know you're not cheating. Okay. How do you spell ayahuasca? A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. Ayahuasca. That was really good. Thank you. How would, what was your intuitive way of spelling it? It looked like Bartholomew. Like it just was (laughs) random. (laughs) Like just letters. Um, yeah, this episode, man. I do think we should clear up some confusion. I don't know if this was mass confusion or if it was just a few people that had this. This is not Dexter's wife. It wasn't, what if you enter the void, that's Dexter. And what if your husband entered the void, that's Dexter's wife. They're completely unrelated. One story, I can see Dexter's how maybe story. that is confusing. No, I get it. We didn't even think about that. We just thought it was the title was obvious. But yes, I can see how that creates some confusion. Dexter and our anonymous storyteller this week have zero in common. They're not married they don't know each other it just is dexter's story is him telling it about him and our anonymous storyteller is just her telling about her experience with what her husband went through that's it unrelated welcome to trauma bonded i'm ellie westberg and i'm here with Therese garcia hello and today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 290, What If Your Husband Entered the Void? Our anonymous storyteller grows up in an abusive house where she's shown love from her father by only doing well in competition and in school. As an adult, she's skeptical of dating, but ends up meeting a person she has a deep connection with 
but who has a history of drug issues. She decides to trust him and support him, and after some setbacks and much research on her part, an intervention sends him to an ayahuasca retreat. After the retreat, he returns a completely different person, and it's eventually revealed he has narcissistic personality disorder, and instead of the ceremony repaving his brain, it only removes the mask. Was that summary too long? No, I thought that was fine. <laughs> full <dis> and full <laughs> disclosure, I'm the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview, and T knows nothing about anything. She comes in fresh. And this show, Trauma Slash Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with a bit of empathy and also levity. Not too much. T, what stuck out to you as the heart of Anonymous's story? Well, there was a lot here. Mm. But if I'm going to talk about the heart, to me it was about breaking that cycle of abuse by finding like your own self-worth and indeed like realizing like you are enough. That was kind of her biggest um, realization there. Yeah. And then ultimately she was able, I'm hoping, and maybe we'll have an update sometime um, to protect your children from kind of repeating yeah. the cycle. Yeah. And when we dig in, I mean, I, we could dig into that in a little bit, but it was an interesting take on, on how to, how to talk about their father being absent. Yeah. That was a big one for me too. Uh, I characterized it as sort of a meditation into what love is not. Mm. Nice. So from how her her father didn't show love to her, you know, it's not hitting. He, she says it herself, it's not hitting someone with a belt. Um, it's not making sure that they win first in the track meet. Um, and her husband didn't show love to her. And now her children, you know, and, and the fact that he's running off and wishing terrible things on their mother. And she says it best. Don't assign love where love isn't shown in action. And she can point out all the love that those kids are actually shown by their friend, family, and community, but she refuses to gaslight her children because every time she lies about what love looks like, they learn that behavior. Yes. And just as she has to break the cycle of codependency, I mean, that has to be, that's part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And also what you said, you are enough. You are not how people see you. But we should we should talk a lot more about that. Oh man, no, I like yours, Ellie. I think you win this one. Quit making everything a competition. Oh, sorry. Me. No, I'm just saying it was a good one. Well, I just want to say real quickly that you know I did the pre-interview with this person, and it's obviously a really riveting story, and I feel like we did make a connection, and I do think that we could probably have her on the show. Oh, good. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, let's talk about her dad. 
you know, the thing that jumped out to me a lot is, you know, he's the shirtless, smoking, chain smoking, yelling drinker Mm -hmm. out working on his boat. And he's, but he's considered wildly successful in business. And I just, that image makes me really nauseous, actually, because him being that way is only accepted because he is considered successful in business. Like if he was that same kind of guy, just like poor, he would be considered like a social pariah. But it just made me think about how money covers a multitude of sins. You're right. He's like respected. Yeah. Same guy, shirtless, working on his old boat, cigarette behind his ear, Budweiser in his hand. Kind of mad. Stick standing next to his trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Redneck. But no. He's from Lithuania and makes a lot of money. Yeah. It's completely acceptable. I always think about that, how we view success as, yeah, it's like some sort of pass that you get. You can be a total dick for, and no one's going to call you on it because you've done well for yourself somehow. And I mean, that all goes along with the narcissistic personality disorder stuff, too. You know, I ended up reading a lot about it. You know, I remember something that Dexter said in his in his episode was that he thought every president, every CEO should should go on an ayahuasca journey. But, you know, the stuff I was reading, it says when you have narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder. And you you remove that mask through ayahuasca, you can unintentionally make them even bigger monsters than they might have been before. That seems scary. Risky. Yeah. What if you have it and you don't even know? Well, like him. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> because. It's really risky, I think. Like maybe you want to, like, what if we had that, but we like try our best to be empathetic or something? I don't know. I, I don't have, I didn't do research, much research on Gee. it, but. What? Okay. So there's overt narcissism and there's covert narcissism yeah covert what if we were covert and let me just read to you what that looks like because i do have this paranoia like oh would i would i do ayahuasca to heal myself from childhood traumas but what if i am a covert narcissist but i don't know it yeah would you tell me if i was now I'm wondering. Now I'm one. I don't know. You're wondering if I am. Well, I was. I, I was more wondering if I was. So n- I wasn't wondering if you were. And now I'm wondering if you are. But I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. But covert. I mean, we could both be. Okay. 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 Here's the thing. In in 1938, Henry Murray developed this idea that there are two types of narcissists, the overt and the covert narcissist. The overt narcissist is the one we all know well, as they are the ones who seek public attention and fame. However, the covert narcissist is more insidious to those around them. The covert narcissist is not brash or loud, but very vulnerable and sensitive, especially to criticism. 
According Uh-oh. to psychotherapist Lorna Slade and the covert narcissist, quote, a sense of victimhood appears to be primary in which the narcissist will persecute from the victim position, often denigrating themselves and thereby fishing for reassurance. Hmm. Oh, no. They can be generous. <laughs> but this oh, is no. Only, this oh. is only to place others in their debt. Wait. Okay, I don't think I do I that. don't think I do that. <laughs> They can be caring, but this is only to receive admiration. I don't think, I, don't I, do think I do that. Yeah. Both types of narcissists share the same sense of entitlement and belief that their needs matter more than others. I don't believe that. No, I, but I definitely don't. Both types of narcissists have a complete absor- absorption in the self, but instead of thinking how great they are, the covert narcissist gets lost in ideas of persecution they believe that the world is against them and, and engender the attitude of why me? Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I don't think we I don't think, those. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do ayahuasca to find out though. Yeah, yeah, let's not risk it. And and I will say as well, you know, we're not mocking the storyteller, we're not laughing at her pain. She has a good sense of humor. I've talked to her. She has a good sense of humor about this as well. So Let's talk about sports real quick. All right. Yeah, I was thinking about sports a lot. Okay, wait. First of all, I have this question for you. What does Sam's little hat look like? I don't know. That was... <laughs> I. You know what I saw? It's ridiculous. And I don't know why. But I just saw like one of those like rainbow like baseball caps with like the spinny thing. And I was like, why am I seeing that right now? It was like a ridiculous, weird thing. But why? What hat are you wearing? Why are you wearing a hat? And it's and she characterized it as little. Sam's little hat. What a weird detail. I really want Was to there a reason that. why? Was there something about the hat? And then I think I think I just automatically put a sailor hat on her because she describes later on when she sees her husband on social media with some other chica. She's wearing a sailor hat. Well, surely if you're running, the sailor hat's oh, not no. going to stay on your head. No, that makes no sense. Yeah, and and mine doesn't make any sense either. Though it would show how fast you're going if it was spinning a lot. What hat would you wear when you're running? I don't think I've seen anybody wear like a little hat. Maybe a baseball cap. I mean, that's just a normal, thing. but a little hat. But it feels like a baseball cap. Doesn't it feel like it would offer like wind resistance? Like if you're just running 800 meters, that's not that far. You probably want to you get all the yeah that's advantage true. you can. Take off the hat. Yeah, but why you wouldn't wear a beanie? Let's on our follow up with her. Let's let's make sure to ask. I think that's an important. I think this is one of the hard hitting questions that our audience wants to know. But what did the hat look like? Well, let's talk about sports. Yes. Why do we care so much about competition and about winning? Is it physical endurance? Are we in awe of those that are light on their feet? Why are why are sports the go-to activity that parents always push on their kids? You know, did why, you play sports? I'm getting to that. Okay. Why, why aren't we more interested in, like, 
teaching our kids to volunteer or into knitting or dog sitting or, or debate. debate team. Yeah, I thought you might band. say that. I thought you might say debate. I was wondering when that was going to come up. Sometimes kids are more inside kids and maybe they don't want to. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to wear little shorts and get a ball thrown at them in front I'm not of hundreds sure. of people I on feel a like basketball this is court. Why, why, why do we – maybe <laughs> they don't want to do the softball throw. Did you have a hard time with sports? Is I mean, we can dig into that if you need to. Were you not that good at sports? No, I was terrible at sports. I know from your Frisbee throwing, <laughs> this is this is hard for you. I'm still mad at my mom for making me do shit. Her point of view was, I'm going to make you do everything so you can find out what you like, which I do appreciate. I love that. that. Shut up, T. But why? She's so sweet. But that's what I'm saying. Why were they all sports related? Hi, Jean. Does she listen? Oh, God. I hope not. I mean, I showed her how to find it and everything, but I still don't think she knows. That's not easy. But no, it, maybe it's just conventional to America. But what is it about sports that people find so fucking magical? I'd say a lot of the things that I do today are based on things that I learned from sports back in the day. Don't you think a negative consequence, though, of playing sports is being obsessed with winning? No. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. It is. That's terrible. But I don't, I mean, some people might argue it's an unintended consequence, but you could also argue that abusers focus on that consequence. I mean, her father used this against her. It's like some kind of weird measurement. So weird. Why are we always fixated on sports? I am looking forward to going to sports games, though, with kids. I know, but I feel like there might be other more worthwhile things to put our children in. Or to push our children toward, like helping people less fortunate than them, volunteering, going, spending time in an old person's home. Or debate. Or debate. I'm just throwing out there are other activities that have value. Now, I was very good at debate. Oh, here it is. See, that's why I was wondering when we were going to get there. (laughs) So I'm not necessarily mad at competition per se. Or needing to win or be number one per se. That has its value as long as it's balanced. I guess I'm concerned about the value that we put on the physicality of people. I think that can be damaging. Yeah. No, it's good. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And if maybe if she was, you know, more interested in debate, I, I would imagine... He would maybe be the same. Well, that's way. the other thing. You know, I think parents push kids into sports because they want to see their kids perform in something. You can't really watch your kids to f- perform in debate. It's not really a group watching sort of activity. No. Just like oh, I thought. No. Let's move on. When she said he'd had sex with me instead of the R word. R word. Mm-hmm. Why did she make that choice? I mean, I used the R word. I wrote the R word down. Yeah. The way she said it, though, he'd had sex with me. Yeah. I think it's really hard, even in the era of Me Too, 
to I mean we acknowledge that all of us have gone through something like that but to still not be able to characterize it as such I think is really telling even years past the fact she can't call it exactly what it was yeah like why do you think that element was included I don't know I don't know I, I want to make sure that the responsibility was on him and not her, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is another way to sh- to demonstrate sort of like how her codependency was developing, it which ha- didn't come out of the rape per se, but the fact that she didn't feel like she could tell her mother because she felt like her mother's view of her would change. Mm-hmm. That she would be chastised for be, for putting herself in that sort of position. So I think it does demonstrate like like how her codependency is developing. The storyteller was a little obsessed with appearance. Ah, yes. It's something that she remarked on quite often. Like this whole idea when they went on the, the seaboard walk or whatever, the seawall walk. Yeah. And she noticed people noticing him. Do you think that's a thing? Do you see this in the wild? I think, for me, I thought she was just, she was noticing him, maybe. She was making the point that he was hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Like, I I don't think. Okay, yeah. After her and I talked, she did send me, like, sort of a side-by-side picture of, like, the way he was when she knew him versus, like, how he looked after the ayahuasca retreat. Like his changes. With the sweats and orange sweat shirt. Two things. One, yes, he is ridiculously good looking. And two, yes, his whole behavior look totally changed. I think the whole needing someone to be good looking, it, it, it directly relates to codependency and this idea of like winning or being number one. It's like, if she's with someone really good looking, then that's a reflection on her own hotness, right? And then, like then when he when he low blows her by saying, you know, you you've you're dating above your station with me, like he knew he knew that he was getting at something with her that was just really mean and cruel. I mean, I don't know what she looks like, but I'm uh, I bet she's beautiful. But he, you know, he's a model. It's hard to compete. There are other things in addition to someone's looks that we should also consider, yes. I think. Which she does. I mean, the way the painting that she does of him demonstrates that he, you know, he he has got a lot going for him. But I, she does comment on his appearance a lot and comments a lot about how ridiculously good looking he is or or was or is supposed to be so it's something that she does fixate on and she talks about it with regard to herself that if I could just be fit enough for him then you know he was going to continue to love me that column that she that that idea about like just having stories about being on plenty of fish that was a great idea I wish that first date didn't just keep going so she could actually write it. But it did really um, help her not have so much uh, pressure 
So she felt like she could just like pick like the hottest dude or whatever and do it. Right. If she hadn't been doing that column, maybe she wouldn't have had that confidence to notice yeah. him and when they match to actually go out with him. But when you're thinking about doing it for yeah. a reason, it propels you forward probably. Fun fact, I did meet my wife on go OK Cupid. On. I also felt less pressure because I had my best friend Ellie helping me out with um, searching and then also writing, you know, those initial messages. <laughs> uh huh. It also was a little bit on the shallow side, I'd say, because you're not, you just have their profile and then a bunch of pictures. Yeah. So I also feel like I had less pressure. And I went for like the hot one. I also met my partner on OkCupid. <laughs> so don't give up, kids. I didn't like. I forget that. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so she moves in really quickly with Matt. You know, two weeks in, real says, quick. That's like lesbian really style. He says he loves her in two weeks. Two weeks later. He's moving in so quickly with her two-year-old, you know, and I'm sure she's heavily judged for these decisions. She is when we look at the comments. Overall. There's a couple folks that aren't very nice about it. Well, these are all big red flags, right? Yeah. The I love you in two weeks, the moving in so quickly with you having a child, red flag, red flag. And then... You know, but she's taking the perspective of when you know, you know. And honestly, these kinds of things get judged at the end. You know, oh, we moved in two weeks of together, course. but we've been together 50 years and, you know, no one says boo. But, you, you know, it's always like the proof is in the pudding. You know, so he relapses. How many times? Just maybe the once with the Ativan and the wine and the going and partying downtown when she's in L.A., yeah. With the kid, oh God! When she was describing that, I was so scared. Like, where yeah. is this child? You know. So he relapses. She still marries him. Well, that was only the one time. I mean, you believe that, you know? When you're starting to fall in love with someone, sometimes you ignore those red flags, you know. I know. I and after the fact, was... of course, listening to her story, of course, I'm like. Always red. She's identifying the red flags as she tells the story. I would have. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But what is? She's literally saying that. I know. I've straight up said aloud, "Well, that's a red flag," and I'm sure that we'll break up over that eventually. And it always happens. Remember Finn, and he had those little things that he'd say. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm young, y'all. <laughs> and he, when he was hungry, he, yeah, that is that a red flag. Look at food and go, and point to his belly and go, get in here. So that's a red flag for you. It wasn't a red flag in a in a conventional sense. It was just one of those things that you knew you'd hate eventually. <laughs> That's gonna annoy me soon. That's that's not gonna work for me. 
No, but you're right. That is, that's definitely like, please stop doing that because in a week or so, I'm going to start yelling at you about it. He called his kitty Itty. Come here, Itty. That's a huge red flag. That's a huge. Okay, but what is that line <laughs> that you walk? Good comparison. Between forgiveness and walking away, right? Because we tend to talk about trust and relationships with regard to infidelity. We don't talk about losing trust as much over addiction um, or dangerous mm-hmm. behavior because of addiction. You know, thinking about him taking her pain pills, that was so oh, egregious. Because not only is it feeding like, his addiction, yeah. he's taking a relief away from her. Oh, yeah. And he planned it ahead of time. You know, it's not like he had a sudden urge and grabbed a pill. He literally asked them to make sure. You know, that was a planned thing. So when you're when someone says they love you and they they're showing up for you and maybe you have a good sex life and you're not worried about them cheating on you, but they act out in all these ways that show they're not trustworthy. At what point do you go, we can't have a relationship because I don't trust you. I still love you, but I can't trust what you're going to do because of your addictions. Well, I guess there's like a difference a little bit, right? I mean, if you're cheating on someone, it's a bit of a betrayal, right? Yeah. But when it's like addiction and this kind of disease, it's like a an internal... Something you might feel like you could help fix. And that doesn't have to do with you necessarily, right? I agree, but the trust is gone. How can you have a relationship without trust? Yeah. Not judging her at all. I mean... I could see myself doing the same thing. And we're going to get, we're going to, we are going to get to some praise of her because I think she ends up handling a lot of things exactly the right way. Though, I mean, you're convinced, especially if you're like, he is a good person, you know, the core, the foundational bits are there. Yeah. Right. It's just this one thing you got to fix and then. to completely change everything. And she does the right things. I mean, she does the intervention, you know. I mean, she's trying to help him. Let's talk about that. We're going to get to that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do you think this panic was that she felt on her wedding day? Oh, I thought about you. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I remember, I don't know, and we can cut it if you're not comfortable with it, but I remember when you said, um, on your wedding day, right after you got married, you went to the bathroom and you were just unrolling the toilet paper and you're like, I just made the hugest mistake of my life. It's very vivid in my memory of you telling me that story. Yeah, you're kind of remembering it a bit wrong. Oh, okay. It was after my honeymoon. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking too, after you guys. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, And I was looking at the toilet paper and I thought, I have to buy the toilet paper from now on. Oh. And how am I going to get out of this? But I think that's different. Than, I think that's different than what she's talking about. Oh, because, no. I mean, her instincts were kicking in. Yeah. But what is that panic? Because she's chalking it up to maybe cold feet or jitters, like her sister-in-law suggested. But what do you think that panic was? Was It was uh, the collection, the bouquet of red flags. Yeah, the Screaming clues. Screaming at her. Yeah, there were clues. It's and really hope. difficult, though. Because you get to that point and it just seems like you can't turn back. And then she blamed herself. For not paying right? attention to the panic. Well, well, during the panic being like, you don't think you deserve this. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Insecurities, not actually he. He's got real issues that she needs to look at it was more like no no you don't think you're good enough for him well i think that's what she chalked it up to but what it it really was was this man is not gonna be okay yeah that's what she was feeling she should have listened to herself a little bit more yeah but but by that point you know you've already ignored so many red flags Mm. and you do have the perception if that he can be fixed. Yeah. There's a lot of hope and power in that. And you can keep that delusion a lot, a lot longer if you see a way where it can work out. I think that panic that she felt was her her seeing the other way it couldn't work out. Oh, and yeah. Then, the panic was real and right. I think her, yeah. her gut was right. But then she chalked it up to something that wasn't necessarily what it was. Yeah. The lies we tell ourselves to get through to the next. Yeah. And and eventually the truth always does reveal itself and he has a relapse and a fentanyl overdose and he refuses to go to rehab. He says it's a waste of time. And then at this moment, from this moment forward, I think she does nearly everything right. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
she luckily without too much harm to him or her kids or herself a light has been shot shown in a dark space and now okay everything's exposed everything's out in the open and we're gonna take care of it finally and she's such an incredible person she does all this research she does all this reading she comes across michael pollen she mm-hmm. reads about ayahuasca she has this intervention and there's just so much hope for him because they have such a great community around her um and and even when he comes back changed she still handles all of that the best that she can she's really good about making sure that their community their friend family is always present in certain like more maybe more volatile or darker or scarier situations mm-hmm. um but she doesn't want to give up on him she's such a kind support to him and when it was clear that he was gone and he was never coming back after going through all this the way she had her best friend who is in medicine his best friend who's in medicine to come there and make sure that he leaves the house like i thought that was all like expertly like graciously handled and ultimately i mean even just sometimes even a presence of someone else is going to reduce a potentially volatile situation you know Mm -hmm. and going through all this what you said at the start it ultimately saves her children because the cycle will now be broken but what a fucking intense journey to have to go through to be able to do that Mm -hmm. she did everything she could and there at some point you you realize that this battle is deeper than what you're capable of winning you can't do it He's going to go be him. And she's got herself to think about. She's got her kids to think about. I'm so curious as to what actually happened at this retreat. I mean, if he was like, if this guy actually like came back down and maybe was healed or restored somehow, I would love to hear his story. It's such a mystery. You know, the text messages coming in, you know, Like, it seemed that he was doing better and, like, was identifying what was wrong, you know? And seeing what a support she had been to him. Like, like mm-hmm. recognizing a grateful... how much he, he loved her and her, recognizing yeah. her love for him. Yeah. Such but a he disconnect. Was a, he was on his own trip, man. It, when she... um described um like five months after he left and texted her like that he needed help and stuff yeah she described that she went to the hotel to help him out yeah yeah i mean from there she said and then there were texts next day hope you die cancer what happened at the hotel my sister and i were talking about this okay because um the way she says it it's almost like she's relaying that she has guilt about what happened because she Mm -hmm. says and then i went up to his hotel room 
and she she sounds like she's mad at herself for saying for doing that or embarrassed and i my assumption and i don't know if i'm right and i don't know if this has anything to do with the story i think that maybe she made made love with him if he if yeah. he was being vulnerable and open yeah. and apologetic and sweet and she hasn't had this connection with him in a really long time I could mm-hmm. see her wanting to be physically intimate with him. Like, I don't judge her for that at all. But if if that is indeed what happened, but the way that she says it, that's what I think is implied that happened and that okay. she feels a guilt about it. I don't know that it's 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 necessary for the story per se, um, but it, I think it does point to the, the sort of like, confusion that's following her around trying to figure out how to help him so if you keep having you know moments of intimacy then you, you know i'm sure there are are moments where you think this absolutely can work still work out i kind of assume that um, um sidebar i just was looking up what dmt was mm. and dmt is the active ingredient ingredient in ayahuasca which I I didn't realize. Yes, yes, yes. And he wanted to, I guess, make a quick buck. I don't understand. He wanted to kind of do his own thing, make fifty thousand bucks a piece, like. But the music has to be <clears throat> just so. Well, I, I mean, that's the ceremony bit. I, and I understand that. It's just, um. <laughs> like so much stereo equipment it's just crazy it's getting crazy at that point like okay i gotta go to target it's like oh my god best buy like what's happening yeah. right now it reminds me of things that i've either been really excited about in my life and maybe my enthusiasm overshadowed the steps i should take and i think we've all maybe done that to some degree or at the very least, we've all maybe had a friend or or partner or sister or something where they are so like mental and excited about an idea and they won't stop talking about it and they've got all these plans and you have to be sort of that wet blanket. Like that doesn't, I'm not <laughs> that, sure that... <laughs> In the midst of their enthusiasm, <laughs> yeah, and it's such a it's such a tough road to to walk down. It's hard. It, it's such a hard relationship dynamic to get through because someone might be really excited about something, but but if you if you haven't come across that on your own, you're not, you're likely not going to be able to match their enthusiasm. Not on the same wavelength. Yeah. You. And and someone, sorry, you've got kids, you got a mortgage, you've got jobs. Someone has to be practical and protective and down to earth about what your lives are going to look like. Oh, for sure. And you're doing all these things that are completely different than who you were before. I mean, everything yeah. is changing. You've got this vape pen. I just imagine this vape pen yeah. that Dude, he's... This, this weekend that she has to face <clears throat> down... Or, you know, these first few days dealing with him after getting him out, like having such high hope and then to find this man that you don't recognize at all. 
And then he's also basically telling you, you never support me. You always like laugh at all my ideas, whatever. Like, and she's, and she's watching him in his outfit and his nails are painted and he's vaping. Who is this dude? Who is this dude in my house? It's scary. I feel so bad for her. But again, she does the right thing because one, she tells her friends, she tells his friends, and I think ultimately, too, that the best move she makes is she rats him out to the company that did this to him because mm-hmm. he's talking, you know, and he, and that is, a, uh, and, you know, the, the item that, um, again, shows light in the darkness and it forces his departure, right? Because he gets mad that she's betrayed him somehow. But she, again, she had to do that because she has to be practical and protective and fucking down to earth. Get this loon out of your house. I mean, DMT is coming to the house. DMT yeah, is DMT illegal. It's a controlled substance. Like, you can't just. States. Yeah. Is it a controlled substance? Yeah, it's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, it's like. It's or, completely yeah, illegal. Or, it's not even a controlled. It's completely illegal. You can't. I mean, it's coming it's in from Spain. You got the kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's totally changed. Big clothes, vaping, fingernails, earrings, hair dyed, green juice, and he starts showing up on social media. And to me, this is the biggest red flag because I think we all know. There are people that enjoy social media and there are people mm-hmm. that don't enjoy social media. And usually the people that don't enjoy it are never going to come around to enjoying it. And they're definitely mm-hmm. not going to all of a sudden be into it. Mm-hmm. And he, the way he's posting, it's like <sighs> he's being bold. He's being, what is it, messianic, like his his Jesus pose, him shirtless yeah. in the gym with his arms outstretched. And then, you know to be mean and comments basically tell these people that have been behind him and supported him fucking save it has saved his life telling him to fuck right off yeah this is the biggest red flag that he's changed is a completely different person yeah okay so i'm getting all this stuff about narcissism from um richard l blake it's a medium article and he is a breath worker phd in psychology or is a phd psychology student when he wrote this article on medium and the title of it is um narcissism and ayahuasca can plant medicine cure the most incurable personality disorder and he starts by saying narcissism is the public health crisis of our time According to clinical psychologist and expert in narcissistic personality disorder, Dr. Romani Dervasula. Additionally, humanity faces the dual threats of global climate emergency and pandemic that requires people to put aside their self-interest to survive. Narcissism seems to be on the rise as a personality disorder simultaneously as the need for selflessness is at its highest. Mm. Some people believe that the only thing capable of creating the shift in consciousness required to save the day is an Amazonian plant medicine called ayahuasca. Conversely, some point to the like 
likes of Charles Manson and Jim Jones as examples of how psychedelics can lead narcissists to become even more dangerous. This <gasps> essay will look at what makes a narcissist and how they behave. What? I didn't know that about Charles Manson. So he took ayahuasca? It just calls it psychedelics. And he does make the point oh. later on that it, it, that they didn't necessarily take ayahuasca, but they did take psych psychedelics. So there was a PhD candidate researching ayahuasca in Peru. This is how ayahuasca can make narcissism worse. He shares that there are certain aspects of psychedelic experience that can predispose someone to a messianic attitude or ego inflation. And a messi messianic attitude is like a messiah complex. Um, in some cases, ayahuasca reveals some latent narcissistic traits that the person then starts to express or the ayahuasca am amplifies narcissistic tendencies further. The drinker believes that they are one of the chosen ones who can see through the veil of the matrix. There is also a tendency for them to be caught in a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Here, I think I thought this was really interesting. There are many ego traps that we need to be aware of on the path of ayahuasca healing. Martha Alit highlights how some mistakenly believe that they have experienced ego death when they have just transferred it to something else. A common outcome of ayahuasca experiences is that someone will swap their cliched 1980s style of narcissism of driving a Ferrari or owning a big house for bragging about the number of ayahuasca ceremonies they have done, how vegan they are, and how woke they are. This bragging elite calls the spiritual ego. In this case, the person has not transcended their ego, and their narcissism has just latched on to different criteria to allow themselves to feel better than others. Let's definitely not take ayahuasca. Another reason why ayahuasca may not be the West panacea for mental health issues is how community focused the Amazonian tribes are and how individualistic Western people mm. are. Ayahuasca Ooh. has always been used in the jungle as a community healing process because the community takes priority. Transferring ayahuasca into a Western setting may not work the same way. The West is a narcissistic society. So what is stopping the use of, of ayahuasca from amplifying the West's narcissism? Oh, that's that's an interesting one <clears throat> with him like, all right, capitalism, let's make some money off this now. Yeah. <laughs> well, he thinks they're going to, yeah, it's like the Messiah complex. They're going to save everyone. It is a mix of, of Jesus and capitalism, just like America Oh, is. God. Awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, his uncle basically tells her he's always been this way all along. And I was going to ask you, would you ever take ayahuasca? No. No. I do know a couple of people who have, though. Yeah, me too. And now I want to talk with them about their experience. So it might be really personal. Yeah. And and we're not here to take one view or the other. Or the other. I mean, clearly... For Dexter from um, the rebroadcast that we did not talk about, <laughs> but <laughs> we encourage you to listen to. Um, 
it was immensely healing for him. So I think it's just something to be aware of that if they suffer from MPD, PD, that it might not work as it should. I think the one happy aspect that she should take from it is that, I mean, it's sad to know that her husband, as she thinks he is, doesn't really exist. That's fucking heavy and sad. But the projection of herself that he's showing back to her is pretty wonderful. Yeah. And she's really done a great job of setting up a a really wonderful community of people around her. And I, the way she talks about her kids and how she protects her kids and talks to them about what love is, I think that she really, truly loves her kids as well. And it's honest with them. Yeah. She's not going to lie to them. Yeah. Or teach them what love isn't. You are enough. What does that mean to you? Like, what do you think of when... When someone says that, when she said it, you are enough. For me, it was about being able to trust yourself and depend on yourself. And I, you know, um, recognize your, you know, your own self-worth and that you're important. And not to depend on others to make you feel that way amen your what did you what yeah your inherent value is inherent and if you don't know what inherent means that just means natural you by virtue of you being a human on this planet you are valuable and there's no correlation to how someone else treats you You matter just by existing. Your voice is important and you're entitled to autonomy and space and freedom. I remember being in um, the bathroom at radio in Oakland. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) shout out. Um, and someone wrote in the bathroom stall they don't want you to know how beautiful you are and that really stuck out to me mm. I feel like it's along the same lines recognize that you're important so the end she says the falling apart needed to happen but fucking a man she broke the cycle mm-hmm. and how many people can actually look back and say that anyone criticizing her or throwing shade at her you're not looking at the bottom line man she broke the fucking cycle she went through hell to do it but she did it it's fucking remarkable not everyone can say that that's absolutely right Should we do listener comments? Yeah. Yeah. So this one said, I mean, it's the top comment. This guy literally told her everything she needed to know about himself on their first date, and she chose not to see it 
because of how physically attractive he is. Sad. So much pain could have been avoided. Her poor kid. Brother. First of all, you know, so quick to judge. And she's she's telling us the red flags in the story as it's happening. We're not experiencing it from her perspective completely. Yeah. It's so easy to judge someone when they've already identified what was wrong yeah. in those moments. Yeah. Um, the most liked one. Sorry, now I'm scrolling back. I wish I could hug this guest. She is so strong and fearless. Yes. <clears throat> Another one, very end. What happened to him in the end? Sounds like he's I living his know best too. life in Indonesia. Um, I feel like a big comment on Instagram was, this is the episode I've been looking for since I divorced my, quote, lost in the void husband five years ago. Listening to her story felt like a world that ran parallel to mine. My ex woke up one day with a, quote, psychic awakening, and I became garbage. Went through the mental hospital thing thinking it was mania, and turns out it's NPD. It's soul-crushing when the person you love turns on you like that. The episode was validating and healing for me. Thank you. That's awesome. Nice. I mean, and we can't forget from Jamie W77. I can't wait for the hashtag trauma bonded. Fire emoji, heart emoji. Oh. We see you, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places. Thanks to Anonymous for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and Andrew Waits, and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Tromboli. Thanks to Kathy Sites for editing this episode. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial or visit our website at traumabondedpod.com. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Love you, T. Love you, Ellie. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued 
by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.